0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Mike Smith. Thank you, Lee. And you have done such an amazing job this year, Lee, you and Justin. It's uh, it's a very massive thing to have the responsibility of running a church and these guys have just run with it. Just amazing. Ah, it sure is good to be here this morning. What a great service it's been. I've thoroughly enjoyed church this morning it's been very encouraging for me um, about a week ago I was getting my PowerPoints done um, I give my PowerPoints to Mitchell so I can show scriptures and things up on the screen and so I have to sort of get the sermon prepared pretty much beforehand And it was one of those times I didn't quite know what to preach on because I actually, I seriously was working with two sermons simultaneously. I was writing two sermons simultaneously, not knowing which one I was going to be speaking So it's very annoying because I would have rather have just prepared one but I prepared two knowing that one of them I wouldn't use anyway um, I made a decision and I tell you what I'm so glad that I've come up with this sermon that I'm gonna speak this morning because everything that's happened in church this morning has is backing up or I should say I'm going to be backing up everything that has been said this morning if I chose the other sermon it would have had no it wouldn't have related in the slightest so um, I just want to encourage you this morning just to um, just to be open to what God wants to continue to say to you because I've got to say Hillary what you were saying this morning it just really um, touched my heart and I know that God's on this thing for sure what a privilege the last sermon of the year and At the beginning of a year at the end of the year um i don't do dorky presentations but but i often do i often do um do some serious planning as to just what i want to see happen next year and i'll be honest with you um this morning my message really is all about in many ways this is a message which i'm preaching to myself i'm going to be talking about the two very very big things that god has spoken to me about about what I am going to be doing in um, in 2020. So you're going to be hearing Mike's New Year's resolutions. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm even. I joined up with the uh, Julie and I joined the local gym. We start in a week's time. But those type of, re- of resolutions often don't last long. But hopefully, uh, these ones will. Um, so I want to start off by. Well, I'm going to be sharing some goals that I have got, and if you want to take them on board, feel free to. I don't have copyright on this. But I just want to um, start off by just saying, which goes in keeping with what has been said earlier, I want to let you know that I am, I am experiencing life's ultimate journey right now. I'm experiencing life's ultimate journey, and so are you. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are on a journey in life and i call it life's ultimate journey i just want to um just take a minute or so just to um do a little bit of uh testifying because my life's ultimate journey began when i was 23 years old I think a lot of you would have heard my testimony, so I'm not going to share my whole testimony, but I'm going to to cut it right back for those of you who haven't um, heard it. When I was 23 years old, I wasn't a Christian, and I didn't want to become one. I had a belief in God, but that was as far as it went. And then my best friend became a born-again Christian. He was the only friend who I had who became a Christian, and he was a very young convert, and he started witnessing to me. I just praise God we can witness as soon as we become Christians. We don't have to go to Bible college to be a witness. Anyway, he started witnessing to me. um, and, And I can remember he started witnessing and I can remember the occasion so clearly. I said to him, that's it. Stop preaching at me. I don't want to hear anymore because my heart... was very touched with what he was saying but my head was giving me every reason why i didn't want to become a christian so i said that's it stop witnessing he walked out of the room when he walked back into the room i was a 23 year old guy who didn't want to become a christian the power of god supernaturally came upon me in a in an in an incredibly powerful manner I was sitting there and my whole body started literally pulsating with love and power. It was like electricity was surging through me. It was love and joy and happiness that I had never ever known. It was something so powerful that nothing in this world could have duplicated it. It was, an, it was a direct encounter with God where my whole body was like rivers of love and joy and happiness and supernatural power were flowing through me. As a result, obviously, I became a born-again Christian immediately. The minute before I hadn't wanted to become a Christian, now I had. I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And in the early days or probably weeks of my christian life god gave me two scriptures peace god gave me two scriptures that have stayed with me for my entire life probably my two favorite scriptures i just want to show them to you all of this is i'm leading up to something okay this is background it's all leading up my two favorite scriptures which i got as a young christian is 1 corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 sorry um, yeah it should be 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 which says therefore if anyone is in christ i'd been in christ for a couple of weeks if anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new Within a matter of days, as a born-again believer, I realised that I had just embarked on life's ultimate journey. I'd become a new creation in Christ. I'd been born again. I'd, been, I'd become part of God's family and part of the kingdom of God. That was the first scripture. And it, to this day, 40 years later, it is still probably my, one of my very favourite scriptures. The second scripture that I got, um, likewise, was John chapter 10, verse 10, which says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life. And that's, I put in this PowerPoint, Greek zoe life and have it abundantly. I've come that they might have zoe life and have it abundantly. Um, I love that. The, The Greek word for I've come that you might have life is the Greek word zoe, which... Which translated to to explain that this life is a very special life. It's a life that we have as born again believers. Zoe life is a God kind of life, it's the God sort of life, and it is eternal life. When I first received Christ within a matter, within a very short time, I realized I was on life's ultimate journey where I was going to be experiencing a God type of life, which I have done. Like, it doesn't mean that everything's always gone well. I've gone through battles, but I can honestly testify that I am on an ultimate journey. I'm experiencing a God type of life, but I'm also aware that it is an eternal life. So I'm right in there. I'm, I'm quite excited because I'm living forever with Zoe life. And if I can just take up another couple of minutes for this little introduction before i talk about my resolutions i just want to talk a little bit about this whole thing of zoe life eternal life because some of you mightn't realize this but the bible calls this our incredible hope the incredible incredible hope that we have my ultimate life that i'm living right now my eternal life my zoe life consists of three is going to be consisting of three parts the part which I'm living right now, which I'm so excited about. This, this life that I'm living right now, I, I live until, I guess, my, I stop breathing and my body decides it's had enough. This, this life right now, Jesus describes this life as, in, uh, in the Amplified Bible, in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed, happy, and to be envied. I feel like I'm a blessed, happy, and to be envied person because I'm part of God's family. I'm a born-again Christian, and I go through life walking in relationship with Him. When the good times come, I'm in relationship with Him. When the tough times come, I'm in relationship with Him. It's an abundant life, and I'm living it right now. But at some stage, I'm going to stop breathing, and my body is going to... um, ceased well it'll it'll exist but it won't be doing much in other words I'm gonna die at some point and when I die I enter into the second phase the second phase of my eternal life begins at the point of my death and concludes at the time of the second coming of Christ the Apostle Paul Okay, it begins when I die, and it finishes when Jesus comes back. This is the second phase. The Apostle Paul talks about it um, in Philippians chapter 21, Um, and I'm just going to skim through this very quickly, but Paul says, for to me, living means living for Christ. In this life, he's living for Christ, and dying is even better, says Paul. He says, I'm torn between two desires. He says, I long to go to be with christ which would be far better for me in the second phase of of this zoe life that i'm going to be moving into at some point what it is all about the second phase is all about the fact that yes my body is going to be buried or whatever it's going to be doing but my body's there but in the second phase i am going to be with the lord my spirit goes and i will be with jesus now the fact is paul is, is walking in the presence of God in this lifestyle, but he's talking about in the next phase, I'm going to be literally with him. That is the second phase of Zoe life. But then the third phase of Zoe life begins at the time of the second coming of Christ, whenever that is going to be, and who knows, at the time of the second coming, the third phase and the final phase of Zoe life commences. And it has no end. It goes on forever and ever and ever. The Apostle Paul, again, using Paul as example, talks about this in Philippians chapter 3, which is one of the most encouraging Bibles in the, uh, scriptures in the Bible. Philippians 3, verses 20. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. And we are eagerly waiting for for him to return as our saviour. He's waiting eagerly because he will take our weak mortal bodies. That's our, we've got mortal bodies. These bodies, these bodies are mortal. Um, they don't last forever. He will take our weak mortal bodies, listen, and change them into glorious bodies like his own. At the time of the third phase of eternal life, in the second phase, our bodies are in the ground and our spirit, our, how we think, well, our soul and spirit is with Jesus, which is going to be wonderful. Paul says it's better. But the third phase is even better because at the third phase, when Christ comes back, a miracle will take place with all of us and we will be given, our bodies will be changed and we will be given immortal, supernatural bodies that will live forever and ever and ever and ever. This, the Bible calls, this is the final part of the redemption of new creation man, our immortal bodies. And we're going to have that for all of eternity. Hmm, it's interesting. What do you think? Okay. And not only that, but... um, Not only that, but... We are told the Apostle John tells us that not only we're we going to have new bodies, but um, we're going to have a there's going to be a new place where we're going to be living. In Revelation 21, it talks about John says I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the new city, the holy Jerusalem, coming down from from God out of heaven. Okay, so when I say to you I am living out life's ultimate journey, for me it's just it goes on and on. I'm this phase is amazing, doing what I'm doing right now. The next phase apparently Paul says will be even better and then the next phase which goes on forever and ever will be even better this is the hope that we have this is the good news of the gospel it's Zoe life I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly so when I got this revelation my my thought was and I think Hill sort of touched on this my thought was wow I'm overwhelmed by grace. I'm overwhelmed by love. I'm I'm just overwhelmed simply by the good news that I have forever and ever. And as a result, from a very young Christian, my heart was God. I just want to do something for you. I'm so grateful. Can I? I just want to be part of the program. I want to help. I just want to. I just want to live in the total way that you would have me to live. Well, two weeks ago, as I was preparing my my dual sermons. This was what I was saying to the Lord in my heart. I was praying, said, Lord, what do you want me to focus on in 2020? What is it that you want me to do? What sort of resolution? What sort of what are my goals going to be for the next year? And I felt God say to me, Mike, you are a new creation in Christ. You are a new creation man. What I want you to do. This is what I felt in the Spirit, God say, I want you to do what I instructed the first. Creation man to do I gave the first creation man Adam instructions Which I wanted him to fulfill? didn't work out but I want you to fulfill those instructions now as My son member of my family. This is what I'd like you to do so I turn to the instructions, and this is where I get my two, res- two two New Year's resolutions from. From Genesis chapter in Genesis chapter one verses twenty seven to twenty eight, we have God's um, instructions for His first created people. God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful." and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth you know there are so many important things that we can do and this clearly is not I'm not going to be giving you, you know, a huge list. There may be things that you think, oh, this is important and Mike hasn't spoken about it. I'm just, I'm just relating just what I felt God is challenging me with. You know, Obviously, there are so many important things and, and clearly loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, loving God and loving people is right up there. But in this particular assignment, if you like, that God gave to the first creation man, And that I believe he wants the second creation man to follow there are two things that he's asked that he asked Adam to do he said first of all number one I want you to be fruitful and multiply and secondly I want you to rule over everything be fruitful and multiply and I want you to rule and in the time that I have got here this morning I just want to talk about what these two things mean to me because these are my two goals this year, I want to be fruitful and multiply. Yes, Julie and I have got some news. <laughs> no, 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 we haven't. Um, <laughs> I want to be fruitful and multiply, and I want to want to rule. And I will. I will just sort of. Um, I will just sort of explain. Explain that. Okay. Be fruitful and multiply god said be fruitful and multiply what's that all about very very simple in other words god said adam i want a family it's not just the two of you i want a family one of the most exciting things in my theology is the fact that i believe that god has an eternal plan and god's eternal plan is a family who will live with him forever this is why God created us. This is why in our the Lord's Prayer it's our Father who art in heaven, God's plan is a family who will live with him forever. And he gave Adam the commission. He said, Adam, go and multiply. I would like a family. Uh, things haven't changed. God still has the same plan. God still wants a family. In fact, in John's gospel, in, in the book of Genesis, we start off with in the beginning in Genesis. And in John's gospel, um, we start off with in the in the beginning. Um, the word was God and blah, blah, blah. But in, in John's gospel, again, we can see so clearly that God wants a family. Jesus came. The word became flesh. And the Bible tells us that whoever believed in him and received him to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believed in Jesus and received Jesus, they became part of God's family. As we sang in that beautiful song, I've been born again into into God's family. To those who believed in Jesus and received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. It goes on to say, not children from a natural birth, but children from a birth that comes directly from God. A God birth, a supernatural birth, a birthing where we become part of another person who's become part of God's extended family. And that's why in John chapter 3, verse 3, on a number of occasions, we have no one will enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again, the second birth. So we can see that this whole birthing that God still wants, God still wants a family. And God is saying to me, And I'd like to throw it out to say, I believe he's also saying to all of us, God's saying, the first Adam failed. Didn't happen. Adam lost the family with the fall of man. But God is saying, I still want a family. And this is the assignment that I'm I'm giving you. I want to partner with you so that I get a family. A family of born-again people. Um, And God says... This isn't something that you're going to be doing on your own, in your own strength. You are going to get, this is your assignment. I want to work with you to see more and more people believing and receiving and becoming born again so that my family can grow. I want a big family. I want a huge family, God says. I want you to fulfill that assignment, but not on your own. I'm going to help you. It's not funny that normally when I speak, it always ends up with a message about being about witnessing and evangelism. <laughs> it's just the way it happens. There we go. Can always bring it in somewhere. But look, there, there's a verse here that I just want to, um, which I just think is so potent. It's John chapter 16 and verse 7. I don't know whether you thought about this verse much, but I think it's very, very potent. John 16 verses 7. It is to your advantage that I go away, Jesus said. For if I do not go away, the Helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he, Holy Spirit, when he comes, now listen to this, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, the Holy Spirit is at work doing a supernatural moving supernaturally upon people we know and upon people we love it sometimes my heart is broken because I have got my fam some of my family members don't seem to be remotely interested in Christianity and Believe me, I am a very persuasive person, and I, can, I have done everything I can to, talk, you know, just to present the gospel, but there's, there's no response at all. And as I was praying the other day, I just felt the Lord say to me, Hey, it's not going to be you, Mike. The Holy Spirit is going to come supernaturally. You can be the hardest person, the most anti-Christian person, and the Holy Spirit can come upon them like he came upon me at the age of 23, and he can do a work. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We saw that with the very first sermon that Peter preached. Peter preached the gospel, and people's hearts just opened up. It was a supernatural thing. If you study world revivals, like I, like I have done, it's one of my hobbies, you will see that there have been many revivals, like the Welsh Revival, when the Holy Spirit would literally come down and... and and infiltrate, touch vast numbers of people. And in the case of the, Welsh, the Great Welsh Revival, people would be cry, on their knees crying under the weight of conviction. How can I be forgiven? They would just be opened up by the Holy Spirit. And then you know what happened? What had to happen? The Christians had to go around and tell them the gospel message, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he has forgiven their sins by receiving and believing in him my i want to fulfill i want to work with god to see his family growing this year this is one of my greatest goals my greatest desires is for god to use me but i'm not going in feeling though it's it's just mike it's just mike it's just mike i'm working with the holy spirit earlier this week what day is it sunday yeah it was this week i i was so touched i um i went to the shops in my last minute christmas shopping and when i got to the shops outside the shops there were two people sitting there and I went up and spoke to them and both of them I had led to Christ this year. Both of them. They were sitting there. Um, the first the first guy I had befriended. I couldn't witness to him but I believe if we are to be a witness for Christ we, we don't just do something and we don't see them again. We try to build a friendship, a relationship. I built a relationship with this man. He, He's a very... Um, Yeah, well, he has a lot of issues anyway. Um, And I'd speak to him for six months, have coffees with him, take him for coffee, have coffees with him. And uh, he wouldn't let me talk about the gospel very politely. He just wasn't interested. But after six months, I spoke to him and he said to me, he said, I'm scared of dying. I'm scared of dying. And I'm scared of dying. Can you help me? I was able to proclaim the Holy Spirit had touched him. He was aware. There was an awareness. It was like God was doing something. I was then able to share the gospel with him. Sitting out, having coffee, I did the bridge illustration, explained the gospel to him, and he received Christ as his Lord and Savior outside on a co- in winter. He received Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, a, a week ago, I saw him, and he was with his care worker, and he, he testified, he said, I grew up in a religious family. I grew up in a religious family but until mike spoke to me i never knew what christianity was he was his heart was opened up somebody had to tell him this other person i saw similar situation i saw this person i gave her a book that i had written which explains the gospel she read it her heart was opened up she saw me we were outside in south bank having a cup of coffee same thing i was able to lead her to christ and when i saw her earlier this week she said i've started reading that reading the bible she said i've read the whole of the old testament now i'm going to start the new testament i said you should have started the new testament first but anyway she and she said oh i'm just loving it god's speaking to me i walked away i've got to tell you i walked away if I'd felt a bit sad or whatever walking in, when I walked away, I, was, I felt like a million dollars. I was so happy. And so my first resolution this year is, I want to sow as much seed as I can. I'm aware it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, but I want to be actively working with him. I want to sow as much seed. I, am, I, I sow seed. I believe in sowing seed. I also believe in reaping. I'm praying, Lord, I want to sow as much seed as I can. And when the opportunities are there i want to reap as much as i can so even yesterday julie and i went for a morning walk we did our 6k walk around the tan um in south bank where we live and as i was walking to the my apartment there was a person working there and god spoke to me about giving him the box of chocolates that i had which i thought of i thought i wanted to eat them myself but anyway (laughs) about giving him the box of chocolates, because if I give him the box of chocolates, I could give him the book that I wrote, which explains the gospel as well. So I went upstairs, I said, "Jewel, I'm going to it. anyway. So I went upstairs, got the box of chocolates, got a book, went down there, gave him the, I gave him the box of chocolates. I said, thank you for all of the great work that you've, you've done at our apartment block. And I said, here's a book that I've, I've, I've written. And he said, wow, you're right. I said, yeah, yeah I've read He said, oh, will you sign it? So I said, yeah, yeah. So I signed it for him. I said, oh, by the way, it's a spiritual book. And he just opened up. He just said, I'm an ex-Catholic, and I'm totally confused. I blah, 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 blah. Um, I walked away. I said to him, I can answer any questions that you have. I said, I mightn't get them right, but I'll, I'll, I'll certainly, certainly talk to you. I walked away, and I, I walked inside, and I saw Julie, and I said, I'm gonna, this man is going to be led to Christ. This, it's a seed. I, I, wherever I go, I want to sow a seed because what i do this thing that i'm doing now in this phase of eternity phase one what i'm doing now has eternal ramifications those two people sitting on the on on the bench and me when my friend led me to christ it has eternal your kingdom come your will be done here on earth god's kingdom came down the kingdom of god dwells within the kingdom of god has just grew for two more more people so that's my, that was the first resolution. God said to Adam, multiply. God said to me, multiply. Okay, that was my long point. My second point... Oh, where's, where am I now? Yeah, my second point is the fact that God said to Adam, I want you to rule. I want you to have authority over everything. I want you to rule. And that includes ruling over the serpent, the devil. Adam had authority to rule he was not going to be a slave he was a ruler he was a son that is what he was called to do and we need to realize that whilst Adam failed in his call the first member of God's new creation family the first member was Jesus he was the first member of God's new creation family. He was the firstborn, and we are—you know—we are like you know two billion four hundred and seventy. You know, we we're all members, but he was the firstborn. Whilst the first Adam failed, the last Adam succeeded. And this this great scripture, one John, uh, chapter three, verse eight: the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work jesus has destroyed the work of the enemy he's a ruler and then in luke chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 he called his disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases he sent them to preach the kingdom of god and to heal the sick authority has been restored power and authority has been restored to new creation man Jesus has done that. In fact, in Ephesians, um, that great verse in Ephesians, chapter one from verse 22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church and we are his body. Everything is under Jesus' feet, under, except us. We are his body. Everything is under us. We have been given power and authority to rule. And I felt that God say to me two weeks ago, he said, "Mike, this year, just go out and just work with me to see my family built. But also, Mike, I want you to learn how to rule in life. You're not a slave, you're a son. You know I've made the way for you. You're, you are not a victim. You are not a defeated person. You are victorious forget circumstances that's got nothing to do with it you are victorious because i am victorious and i've given you power and authority and i am with you and i just sort of liken this whole thing i could obviously this is such a a a massive a massive thing to talk about I, i clearly am winding up so i don't have time but but just to explain israel you know god said to adam adam this is your territory rule over he said the same thing to joshua and israel this is your the land of canaan the promised land this is yours i want you to go i want you to rule over this land that that is what what he said To, to joshua you used to be a slave but a slave no more you're now a ruler forget this slave mentality i want you to go and i want you to possess your full inheritance i have an inheritance for you as my son You're part of my family. I have so much for you. And I want you to to possess it. He said to Joshua, he said, this is your land. Go and take it. But he didn't just say that. He said, yeah, you've got to take it. But there are enemies there. The the land which is yours is full of enemies. Um, Some of them are really, really strong. In fact, You'll be, in the natural, you will be really intimidated by them because they appear to be so much stronger than you. There are enemies there, but I'm letting you know that I am with you and you are more than a conqueror and you will overcome. It doesn't matter how strong your, your, enemy, your enemy looks. I've given, this, I've given this, this to you. I am with you. Learn how to resist. Resist the enemy. He will flee. He will fight, but you will beat him. This, because this is who you are in my family. You are an overcomer. You're going to have to persist. Because some victories, as you read the book of Joshua, didn't come immediately. They had to, it, it was, time went by, more time. It just took time to overcome all the enemy. But it will happen. You're not a slave. You are a ruler. But... To Joshua, he said, but if you are to succeed in this whole thing, if you are to, if you are to succeed, you are gonna to have to, you're gonna to need to rule over yourselves. Got to get victory over yourself. As Hillary was saying, get rid of the negativity, get get rid of the impatience, the jealousy, the anger. You've got to rule over yourself. You have got to walk in my ways, God said to to Joshua. And he said, and when it comes to the battle. You cannot walk in fear. You've got to walk in faith. You have, got to, you have got to have a faith walk. And so for me, this is the other thing which I just want to do this year, which I'm, I'm really focusing on. Yeah, I want to see people come to Christ and build God's family, but I want to rule in my own life. Um, getting back to Hillary, Galatians chapter 5, it talks, about, it talks about the lust of the flesh and all those horrible things, the anger and the jealousy and the bitterness, all of that. I don't want any of that. I want to rule over, and I can. Because in that same chapter, it talks about if you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the lust of the flesh. I want to be walking in the Spirit. I want those, those things, those horrible things, to be replaced by the Holy Spirit things. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of you know, the nine fruits of the Spirit. I have the ability to rule over my own life. It starts there. So I want to be walking in the Spirit, to rule my own life, but I also want to walk by faith. I want to walk by faith so I can obtain the promises that I know are mine. There are promises that I know are for me, and I want them. Don't you? There's a promise. We want them. But as you study God's Word in the New Testament, you will see that if there is one thing that just emerges time and time and time and time again about getting the promises whether it's healing, whether it's wholeness, whatever it is, it's your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Um, whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who, who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's a walk of faith that we are capable of doing, that we are capable of doing with God's help. And so, for me, the key for this whole thing of ruling is a scripture which is matthew chapter 7 with the words of jesus the end of the sermon on the mount john chapter 7 verses 24 to 25 jesus says this and i'm he's certainly saying it to me and he's, he's, i remind myself of this all the time therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine whoever hears my words and does them i will liken him to a wise man Who built his house on the rock? And the rain descended, troubles come. The floods came, troubles come. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Whoever hears my strategy for the faith walk is I hear God's voice, I hear His voice. I hear God's voice all the time when I read the word but I also hear God's voice when I'm praying God speaks as you know through so many ways prophecies so many different ways but can I tell you it's one thing to hear God's voice but it's another thing to do it especially when the thing that you're believing for looks like a giant and you feel like a grasshopper in comparison and, then, and God says, go out and defeat it. It's kind of like, hmm, I've heard your voice, but I don't know whether I'm prepared to go out and do it. This is the key. When God's, we, we are supernatural people. We're new creations in Christ. It's a supernatural lifestyle. And when God gives you a promise, he's not a man that he can lie, it will happen. But we have just got to step out with him and trust him. Praise God. Just in closing, I got a a prophetic word um, a few years ago, which is one of my very favorite words, and I'm just going to, this uh, in my prophecy book. Let's see. Uh, Where was it? Oh, that was a good one. Oh, February 2015. I got this word. Please listen to this. It could well be applying to you right now. The present circumstance which presses so hard against you if surrendered to Christ is the shaped tool in the Father's hand to chisel you for all of eternity I believe that the two things I've spoken about which we do in this lifetime building helping God building his family has got eternal ramifications certainly for the people concerned but I believe also for us but I also believe that I believe I, I, I can't give you all of the scriptures but this is a belief that I've got I believe that we are in training for reigning this life a lot of this life we don't even realize it's training for reigning And I believe that there is, because we do know, as we read in the Bible, you know, Paul talks about, I have run the race. You know, he's done the faith walk. He's walked the ways. there, There lies for me a crown of righteousness. There is something about, I believe, there's something about what we do now can have, is a great training ground for what we'll be doing in the final phases. And I do think that faith is one of the massive ones. Love is clearly one. There's a lot of massive ones. But um, yeah, those things. So that's my encouragement to you guys. No, it's that is in my. That's encouragement for me. This is what God's spoken to me about. If you like it, feel free to take it on board. But this year, my heart is I am going to sow as much seed as I can, and I am looking to reap. And I'll, I just want to say this one thing: if you sow seed, you will get opportunities to take that seed further, which is why one of the most important things that I now do as a minister, as a traveling ministry, is I help, I train people to know what to say when the opportunity is there. If there is an opportunity, if someone is there, like these two people I spoke to, I knew how to lead them to Christ really, really easily. I can do that easily because I've been diligent to learn how to do it. And I just want to encourage you guys, every one of you needs to know that if that if somebody if you get the opportunity, you need to be able to so building the kingdom, but also ruling in life. Rule over all those terrible things that Hill was talking about. We rule over them. We don't have to do them. And let's possess our inheritance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Lord, I just want to thank you for Echo Church. I want to thank you for this amazing church. I want to thank you for the for the for the The great future that they have and Lord God I just want to thank you that there's not a single victim sitting here this morning there's not a single person who basically you know is just going to struggle in in throughout their entire lives because that isn't what you've called your family that's not how you have called your family to live you've given us provision to be the head and not the tail we have the provision We have the power, we have the authority, we have the relationship, we've got the ability. And so, Lord, I just pray blessing upon this congregation that not only will they be blessed, happy, and to be envied as they enjoy their abundant life, but I also pray, Lord God, that we will see this life as an incredible opportunity to build something of eternal value. I ask this right now in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Great.